If you're like me and you're torn between the love my body at any size movement and the, if I love my body, I need to make healthier choices to feel good too thought process, then you're in the right place. It's every day now that someone out there is telling us the next best thing on TikTok or Instagram ads are showing us another shortcut and it is exhausting. How about we heal our relationship with our bodies, exercise and food and give ourselves grace along the way. Let's do this together and celebrate the small stuff. Welcome to A Healthy Dose with Sadie Tolbert. Okay, we are on to protein. Yeah. So this is essential. This is one of those macros that our body needs to survive. Um, There are lots of different ways that we can get protein, and it's not just from some of the sources that we used to believe as the only way we can get protein, which is through meat and things like that. Um, There are a lot of different things I want to cover in this podcast, so I will try to start with the basics. So when I say macros, basically there are three macronutrients. Macro is, you know, bigger uh, versus micro, right? Micro is smaller. So macro, big, three big nutrients that our body needs in order to function. And we need all of the micronutrients, all of the vitamins and and minerals and all those things as well. But these three macros, macros are what makes up our nutrition every day. And when you think about the 100% of what we eat, you're going to break that into thirds. So are you getting 20% protein? Are you getting 40% protein? Are you getting 60%? How much does that leave of the other two components, which are fats and carbohydrates? There for a long time was a lot of data to believe that the more fat you ate, the more fat you were, uh, the more fat you carried. And then there was a lot of belief that the more protein that you took in, the bigger muscles that you would have, and that would help you lose weight and things like that. So um, a lot of old, outdated thought processes when it comes to these three macronutrients. But if you are curious as to what you take in in a day, and you're like, "I I think I eat pretty good protein, go ahead and actually record it on an app like MyFitnessPal. There's several apps. I'm just going to use that one as an example because that's the one that I've known about for a long time and um, used personally on and off. So that one will be able to take all the food that you take that you have in a day and break it into your macros. And you'll see, wow, maybe, you know, I have 75% carbohydrates. Are you burning those carbohydrates off? If not, then you're going to store it. And same thing with, uh, well, basically with protein, if you, you don't store the additional protein the same way that you would for carbohydrates, but what you don't use for energy or for rebuilding muscles and tissues and, and healing and stuff like that, you just excrete it. You just poop it out. So I'm not going to go into huge details about Carbohydrates and fats, we'll leave that for a different day. I thought protein was a good one to start with specifically because there is 
a lot to unpack really with all three of them, but I don't know. I guess I was feeling a little protein-y today. So where we get our protein from is 100% what we take in, what we eat. And if you are somebody who is like breaking your muscles down a lot, for example, you work in a construction or heavy lifting type job, or if you're somebody who works out, um, then you will need more protein. If you are somebody who is like healing a, a wound right now, for example, you had a burn or um, anything that's broken your skin open, you will need protein to help rebuild that those walls, that scaffolding to bring it back to a, a protection zone again, because your skin is protection. So protein is not just for building like muscle builders. People started consuming protein drinks initially to build muscle. It was people who recognized that protein is the uh, component that builds the muscle along with water. Muscles are very, very high in water. Um, I don't know why I think that's funny, but Basically, they started creating these protein shakes. They got a stigma as that it's just for muscle builders, things like that. There's brands out there that are protein shakes that are directed immediately at people who are trying to build muscles. But then things started to shift. They started to take these protein shakes and build them into more of a a weight loss tool because when they realized that you have more protein in and less carbohydrates, less fats and things like that, then your body will not store that and it will start burning the stored fat for energy. So it turned into a different tactic out there in the world. And then now it's like, there's so many companies, there's so many different protein shake brands out there people just get confused and they don't know what to go with. And so you can go to any regular store, even grocery stores, Target, Walmart, and you'll see a row of protein shakes. And how do you know if it's what you need and what you're looking for? So I love to talk about goals and why you're doing X, Y, Z. If you sit and put all of your daily food into MyFitnessPal and you're noticing that your protein is low. That may be an indicator that you can add more protein via food into your diet. Sometimes that's not as easy because meat as the primary source of protein does take time to cook it. The The meats that are off the shelf that you can just grab like a Slim Jim or, or beef jerky, they are also loaded in sodium and sometimes they're higher in fat than they are in protein. And so it can be kind of confusing. And and so you would need to kind of be in the kitchen and cook more meat. If you go from other sources of protein, like lentils or brown rice, again, that needs to be cooked. It's not really so much easy to find protein as much in like snack food. Um, an apple has a little bit of protein. Some, so lot, plenty of fruits and vegetables have protein in it, but nothing near the amounts as say meat or uh, the grain kinds of protein. Like uh, um, it's not coming to me right now. I'm trying to think of one protein that I can think of. So 
basically the, the protein shakes can come in as a good supplement to get more protein in. And it does supplement for food because food is where you should get your primary nutrition from. And if you can't get all of that in, you know that you're missing out that's when you can go to supplements. Supplements come in forms of pills. They come in forms of drinks. They come in forms of injections, like all different kinds of things. So supplement in itself is not a bad thing. You just need to know what you're doing and not just listen to the guy at the GNC corner uh, behind the counter sitting there telling you all the things that you need. Sometimes those guys are very, and gals are very um, education based and knowledgeable and stuff, but you have to trust somebody else's judgment when you're going to buy things like that for your health. So take it upon yourself to really know where you're at. If you go into your doctor's appointment and they're, you're concerned about not getting enough protein in, and then they take some blood work and then there's some indication that, yeah, you might actually not be getting very much protein in and you're not healing very quickly and you're struggling with other things like maybe diabetes and, and along those lines, then they are going to tell you to supplement with protein. They're to my knowledge, is not <clears throat> any protein pills. Like you can't go and buy a protein tablet or anything like that that I am aware of, but who knows? I'm sure somebody somewhere is working on it or has created something. But protein comes best form in liquid or in a powder that you can mix with liquid. And uh, when you're trying to select a protein shake that you want to incorporate into your body. It's going to be based off your goals. I just had a conversation with somebody right when I left this last uh, event where they were like, oh, I want to know about um, like protein shakes and, and I'm overwhelmed on the different kinds. And so I offered her a nutrition consult because I, I really like to know your why. Why are you looking at protein shakes? And and what matters to you. So I'm not going to recommend one brand, even if, it's, even if it's the one that I use and I love and that I promote and all those things, if it doesn't match their style and what they're looking for. So the main things that I ask people are, are you taking protein to get more protein in? Are you wondering or curious about what else is in the protein? Like, heavy metals or any other toxins or sometimes like that proprietary blend is just like extra stuff like it's an easy protein shakes are an easy way for extra things to land in there so are you concerned about the cleanliness the toxicity levels things like that are you sensitive to soy are you sensitive to gluten um how do you handle sugar? Do you want a protein sugar shake that has low sugar? Are you interested in a meal replacement shake? Or are you just interested in protein that you can take before or after a workout or just at night before going to bed? Uh, one of the best things you can do for yourself if you're a late night snacker is snack on protein because it is the easiest on your gut and your digestive system. So you're actually going to sleep better and not worry so much about the the energy that it takes to digest all the carbohydrates that you had right before bed. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go home tonight and demolish a bunch of popcorn because <laughs> it's been a long day, but I know that a better option would be something with a higher protein. And so you get to make that decision. So those are some of the questions that I ask um, for people. And then of course, budget. 
you know, are you somebody that's not trying to add a whole bunch of money on top of your already existing grocery bill? Maybe you budget really, really closely and you don't have a lot of wiggle room. So I can also help people make some swaps in choices. So if you are a bacon and eggs kind of person, let's calculate how much are bacon and eggs right now and how much is that costing you per breakfast. Now, if that's not serving you with protein intake, fat intake, and all of the nutrients, then maybe you want to consider a shake as a breakfast instead because that's going to give you those nutrients and going to give you a balanced macros and things like that. So if that's the case, I would do a meal supplement replacement shake versus just a protein that's like pre or post workout. And that's because it does give you a healthy dose of carbohydrates and fats as well. Some people are sensitive to dairy. And so if you're looking for a, um, a plant-based option, you've got a couple of different proteins that can be pulled from plants. Pea protein is really popular. Some people are sensitive to peas. And unfortunately, some people are sensitive to whey and pea protein. And if that's the case, there's other kinds of protein like hemp protein or brown rice protein, things like that. With some of the plant-based protein options out there, it can really bring out a chalkiness to it. And so that's another question I ask people is how important is flavor to you? There are some brands out there that are basically like fruity pebbles and Captain Crunch and things like that. So you know they're going to be a little higher in sugar or sugar substitute. And so um, is that important to you? You know, do you need or care about that as like a non-negotiable? It has to taste good. I can't drink vanilla. It makes me want to throw up or um, I like tropical or, and things like that. Um, which brings up another point. If you are making your shake and it's just too bland, so say you pick a really good, a healthy, clean version with low sugar, it might be a little bit bland. So maybe the texture is not so bad, but the flavor is just not fully cutting it for you. You can blend it with berries or, gosh, I have a huge list of how to jazz up your shake. But I found so many creative ways to make these shakes better texture-wise, taste-wise. You can add chia seeds, flax seeds, not only as a seed version, but also as a ground-up version to give it a little bit more um, depth and, and fullness to it. You can add hemp seeds to it, uh, essential oils, or any sort of um, like vanilla almond extract, orange banana extract, like all those things, um, finding a way to really mute things out. There are a couple of flavors out there that are very, very powerful. And it's really neat how some flavors can cancel other flavors out. I was doing an Asian recipe one night and it was just too spicy. And I looked up how to calm that down and add, adding peanut butter can do that. Who knew? And if you've ever had anything with a little bit of banana in it, you know banana just really takes over. And so does cranberries. Cranberry is another one that will take over. And lemon, anything very citrusy can kind of overpower. So kind of finding something that you know would layer in well with whatever you bought. So vanilla is always a safe bet to add anything to. Chocolate, maybe not as much, but you can add different 
powdered peanut butters. You can add mint to it. You can add berries that will give it a little bit of that flavor as well. Um, when you look at like, you know, strawberry or peach mango or like, I'm just thinking of ones off the top of my head that I've seen. Um, there was one that I was obsessed with that was blueberry muffin. Those limit you a little bit more on what you can add in because then it kind of has to stay in that sort of fruit flavor. Um, and so really just deciding what what kind of person are you when it comes to flavor and uh, finding some fun ways to jazz it up. Um, the more that you add, the more calories you're putting in there. So if you're on a weight loss journey, it's accounting for those specifically. There are some that are calorie free that won't really alter or mess things up too much. Uh, if you are watching the acidic and alkaline nature, uh, make sure that you're finding a shake that is alkaline. And, and as you add things to it, just remember anything that is sugar filled is going to make it more acidic. So that matters, especially if you are somebody who is trying to go more alkaline and uh, fight disease, things like that, because sugar is very acidic and sugar breeds a lot of, it just, it hosts, if you're very, uh, sugar filled body, then it hosts, uh, prime real estate for things like cancer and things like that. Not in every person. So I'm just, that is something that you can choose to look a little bit more on. If you want to, I can maybe do an episode about alkalinity and acidicness and, um, and how that works. I know, um, people take everything and make it extreme. So you may, at one point, here's something that I talk about on these podcasts and you're like, oh my gosh, I knew this guy from high school that was obsessed with that. And they absolutely were wackadoodle bonkers. Like, I'm sorry you had that experience. Don't believe everything just because one person ruined it for you. It's just like network marketing. Just because you knew one bad person doesn't mean that they're all bad. One bad company that you don't agree with doesn't mean they're all bad. They're not improving, things like that. So I've met plenty of horrible you know, doctors and plenty of horrible, uh, lawyers and all kinds of other things, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go to them when I need them. So off topic, we do that here. It's okay. Back to protein. So now that we've talked about supplementing protein and we've talked about a little bit on the meat side of it and preparation, things like that, I want to talk a little bit more about meat. There are different cuts of different style animals that are going to bring out different macros. Typically meat does not have a lot of, or any carbohydrates in it. Um, that's where the sides come in where people are like, I want mashed potatoes and I want bread with it and I want, uh, fries and all those things. But when you take like a, a chicken, for example, um, it's very lean. There's not a lot of fat in there. There's no carbohydrates, things like that. But if you grab fish, now that's going to have fat in it. And so is it the good fat or the bad fat? That is going to be on the better side of fat. If you were only eating a ton of fish, everything in moderation type that I like to talk about. I know some people will overdo it with fish, but then you're also running into other issues uh, with the way that fish is handled and things like that and mercury and all that fun stuff. But then if you look at something like a pig, then you are dealing with a different kind of fat. And sometimes 
make sure you are looking at your sausage and your bacon and things like that. They will be higher in fat than they are in protein. So if you think, oh, I have a really high protein breakfast and you're doing a lot of sausage and bacon, you're actually sometimes overpowering the protein effect by putting in the fat. And so when you're not watching the kind of fat that you're ingesting, for example, like your macros are within a good space and you're like, oh man, the, the I'm in a good spot with my fat. I don't feel like it's too much or too little, but you could be getting more of the unhealthier fat than the healthier fat. And I will go into more detail with that at a different time, but I just want you to take a look at your meat to see what else is in there besides protein. Now, I have mentioned before in one of my podcasts, and I will do an episode also about being a vegan. One of the number one questions that I get asked all of the time is, where do you get your protein? And it kind of baffles me now at this stage because vegans have been around a long time and like we don't die earlier than anybody else and we function just fine. So human bodies can absolutely live without meat. Um, but it, but we can also absolutely live with meat. So it's totally a personal preference and I will never sway anybody unless they are curious and want to know more. And so I bring this up because there are so many, um, different kinds of, uh, processing of meat that is not super great. So if you every once in a while just do like a meatless Monday, or if you go check out a vegan restaurant, like I promise you won't shrivel up and die. So the protein that they're making these fake meats out of and the protein that they are, that vegans get for our nutrients does come from some unique places and it does come in smaller quantities. So I will always have a lower protein, but that's also with my goals. If I really wanted to, if I wanted to be a bodybuilder, then I would be eating probably two or three times more like in weight wise in food than somebody who was eating meat because I would need to eat a lot of grain. I would need to eat a lot of broccoli. I would need to eat a lot of peas and have a couple of shakes a day and all that stuff. But it's, that's only if that was the path that I was on, the journey that I was on. And I've met some fully plant-based bodybuilders and vegetarian ones as well. So with vegetarians, they can get their protein from eggs and dairy and things like that. But if you're vegan, you're not doing dairy. And so my protein shakes that I take have the pea protein in it. And then throughout the day, I make sure that I am getting in uh, protein from different areas. I am not sensitive to soy in the way that my body takes it in very well. And so I do a lot of soy based things and it's not in any sort of an excess amount. Some men are a little bit more sensitive to soy, but if you've never noticed and haven't had any issues before, then I you know, you can do your own research to decide, decide if it's good or, or bad for you individually. But as a whole, it's not, again, it's every person is different. So look into the different things that you take in on a daily basis and really analyze, like grab the back of the box and look at what, what's back there. You know, how much protein are in your goldfish? How much protein are is in what your kids are eating. That's another big one because in order for it to taste good, you know, they, they swap out and put a lot of sugar and other artificial stuff in there. So 
are your kids getting enough protein and, and how do you really know? So a lot of questions here that are more for like philosophical type thinking and self, uh, self assessment and things like that. So if you are curious and want to know more about protein and, and are you, if you're getting enough and, uh, what other kinds to do. And if you are really like, I don't like to count and track my food, I can, help you out with that. Um, book a free nutrition consult, which is on my website. And I hope you guys learned a little bit today. I wasn't too all over the place or got out of uh, my soapbox, but welcome to the show. So have a great rest of your day and happy eating. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for more and leave a review. If you got something great out of today, please share with your family and friends. And as always, please remember to consult with your primary care provider if you have any questions or concerns. This podcast is meant to be educational and based off of my experience. Have a great day. You are unique and amazing and beautiful.